Chapter 15 The clue was in the word the entire time. After centuries of arguing over whether life came into being via intelligent design or undirected random acts of nature, the scientific and religious-minded elders finally took the advice of a hippie in the 1970s to make love rather than war, and they had an orgy of ideologies. They finally realized that two things could be true at once. To this end, they realized that nature was, in fact, responsible for the creation and propagation of life, and was doing so deliberately. Why else would the word mental be in the word environmental? It all made too much sense. With this understanding, man was able to flourish like never before, understanding that everything in nature was to be used by man to translate his creative ideas into reality. Nature was there to help man, to give him the tools to make life itself a beautiful thing. Sure, there were some who squandered their talents or turned their back on nature, but harmony ruled supreme because people kind knew that they had just as vital a role to play in life as any other creation within nature, and therefore they must aspire to be all they can be. Of course, there were some outliers whose role had traditionally been to stand up for the downtrodden, but they found themselves at a loss since there were no truly downtrodden people left. So all of this harmony gave rise to opportunistic troublemakers such as the previously mentioned bitch, Pansy Nolopsy who made the famous cake speech. For those of you who don't remember, or died before she was born, here it is. I like chocolate cake! Okay, it wasn't much of a speech, but the timing of the speech was curious because she did it during a time of famine, broadcasting it live from her fancy kitchen. While some people thought she was a complete fool, she was in fact very calculated, as we learned in her autobiography entitled, How I Fooled Everyone. I highly suggest reading her book if you'd like a guide through how you've been manipulated. But to summarize, she realized that society had improved so vastly that it was hard to grab power from people who were responsible for making things so good. To do so, she had to convince people that they were oppressed victims whose only salvation could come by giving her power. Convincing people of this in a time of plenty was the real clever part of her plan. She began by rewriting Earth's history, to paint the people she was trying to knock out of power as having come from a long line of malevolent fiends. The next part of her plan came from an epiphany she had while watching her two-year-old grandson throwing a temper tantrum after having been punished. In a flash of insight, she realized that her two-year-old grandson's philosophy was exactly what progressivism is all about. Push the limits of what's acceptable, then act like a spoiled child when you don't get your way. So she successfully sulked her way into power and made way for the trend of electing the global president not based on competence but rather how effectively the candidate could paint themselves as a repressed blowhard. Speaking of President Sue Ramon, while the president and her top experts were busy ironing out the details of the lopsided deal with the Martians, a band of underprivileged and not overly bright people were busy trying to actually fix the problem. Okay, Captain Dinkus said while wiping the sweat from his brow after watching his friends carry the massive crate into their lab. What now, Leslie? There was no reply, and everyone looked around only to find that once again, Leslie had disappeared. Where did that ass blaster go this time? Talabagina demanded while grabbing Captain Dinkus by the collar. How the hell should I know? Dinkus cowered. I'm but a simple museum curator. I know surprisingly little about the mind of a gender-fluid talking cat. Little help over here, called Teddy from the doorway while dragging along the unconscious hunchback janitor. First of all, Teddy... Freddy scolded. Where the hell were you while we were carrying this 400-pound crate across town? Second of all... Why the hell do you have an unconscious janitor? And thirdly, where can I buy one? Tenny thought about all of the questions. Would you like me to answer all of those questions sequentially? How about you just focus on the why for the moment? Hm, funny story. 
It all began a couple of hours ago, or a couple of centuries ago, I guess, depending on how you look at it. While you guys were mucking around trying to get those asteroid gems, my toilet time was being violated by this arsehole. He must have followed me here. The team appreciated the explanation, even though they knew it would mean that you had to read about something you already knew. Just think of it like one of those lame catch-up moments they have on TV shows right after a commercial break. Sure, it would be a helpful reminder when aired on television, but it seems extremely unnecessary and even distracting when you're binge-streaming it commercial-free. Awesome. So now, in addition to figuring out what to do with this so-called time vaccine, we also have to figure out what to do with a hunchback who was kidnapped by that alien for freight hopping through a time vortex. What the hell is up with my life that I'm constantly in these fucked up situations? Peter moaned. If it's any consultation, I'm not happy about it too. You cocked that up, bud, Pedostash told Teddy. The expression is, if it's any constellation. While the team of sexy heroes were dicking around with their little universal catastrophe, General Dude made his way back onto his ship. His security escorts left him to go to his room where a sexual escort was awaiting him. Hello, sexy, Dude said to the escort while removing his Martian shirt and tie. Are you ready to be paid for awkward intercourse? I know I am, came a voice from behind the door. Dude turned and saw Leslie. Who are you? And why are you trying to scare the shit out of me? Perhaps we should talk alone. Dude turned to the prostitute. Can you get out of here, honey? And I'd appreciate it if you did so without saying a single word. That way, if they ever make a film adaptation out of this, we don't have to pay you as much. The prostitute got up, scowled at General Dude, and walked to the door. Just before leaving, she wanted to ensure she would get paid a full actor's wage, so she shouted, Fuck Knuckles! Once she was gone, Leslie sparked up a space cigar. I take it by the celebratory whore, your meeting with President Ramon went well. And I take it from the way that you handle that cigar, that if you don't give me a good explanation as to why you're here, I'll have you exterminated. But if you exterminate me, how will you ever get your precious vaccine back? Leslie sneered, and suddenly Dude became livid. What have you done, you fucking shithead? Your racial slurs won't get you out of this one, General. How do you think the Earthling president will feel when you can't deliver on your deal? So you robbed the ship. It's a mere inconvenience. I'll just have more synthesized. Yeah, you do that. That's probably why they stole the entire display case. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure you don't. We both know that the recipe for the vaccine was left in the display case. Now the only way you can get more is to rewrite the recipe from scratch. I'm sure it won't take long to perfect. Getting it right only took you, what, 250 years or so? General Dude slowly sat down. He was equal parts angry and hopeless. So you've turned on your own planet, have you? Not remotely. I didn't anticipate the theft. I merely witnessed it. Now, if you want the vaccine back, you'll have to meet my demands. Half of all the funds Earth gives you are to be transferred to me. What kind of disgusting villainous person holds a planet hostage like that? Believe it or not, dude, I have the interests of Mars first. Somehow I don't trust Emperor Duong to use the money efficiently. What do you mean? I never wanted to be a spy. I wanted to be a chef. But apparently the planet needed me here. So I left my family behind and gathered intel for Mars. And while I was here, my family was supposed to be taken care of, but apparently taken care of means they were thrown in a poorhouse and forced to do manual labor. Why is it that every dollar I earn goes to Duong's pockets, and yet the planet is falling apart? Hey man, you voted for him. He was the only name on the ballot. 
and a gun was literally held to my head and I was told that if I didn't vote for Duong, I'd be executed for committing a hate crime because it would show I hate him. If you don't like how he's running things, then next election, choose the bullet. Look, fool, all I'm trying to do is get this money to the right place, so I'm taking matters into my own paws and distributing it properly. <sighs> Here's my counteroffer. You start running, right now, because when the Emperor finds out about this, he'll spend every cent he has hunting you down. He'll smear your name in the media so badly that you won't be safe anywhere. Your family will be tortured and then executed. We'll come up with a replacement vaccine for Earth. It'll take some time, yes, but your life is as good as over. Oh, maybe I overstepped. Any chance for a do-over? I'll tell you what. Bring back the vaccine and I'll ask the Emperor to go easy on you. Uh-huh. One little problem with that plan, though. Go on. You see, the people who stole it aren't just looking for a payday like you and me. They actually want to do something good with it. So what? Think about it, General. They're not just going to vaccinate the space-time continuum. They're planning to inoculate it. In the past. Say what the fuck now? You heard what the fuck I said. They've opened a time portal. Once they put the vaccine in, time will be immune to the virus you created. How can you sell a vaccine to Earth that they don't even need? You sick bastard. It could take us centuries to create a new time virus strain. I suppose you'd better tell the president to update his paperwork. He, no, she, no, they, is probably expecting the vaccine soon. Or just take your time. I'd say you have a whole ten minutes or so before the thieves put your serum into the time vortex. Well played, cat. If it wasn't for the fact that I shave my pubes, I'd say you've got me by the short and curlies. Exactly how long until they're planning to release the antitoxin? I bought us a little time. I told them they had to carry the entire display case because it's unstable. And they believed that? It's a fucking time vaccine that came here from another planet. It's probably the most stable thing in existence. <laughs> I know, right? I said the encasement has a gravitational shock absorption or something like that. General Dude and Leslie had a laugh together like old chums until Dude realized something. Wait a minute. My mother gave me that display case as a wedding gift. Y you married your mom? Unfortunately for Leslie, Dude was not in the mood for having his words figuratively titty-twisted. Fortunately for Leslie, in his... No, her. No. Their spare time, <clears throat> they studied law. Which, as it turns out, is far less work than having to try to make a coherent sentence using these fucking gender nonspecific pronouns. Anyway, the point is that Leslie was able to oversee that the paperwork alterations were done in a legally binding way. All that was left was for Leslie to bring General Dude to the lab in the abandoned strip club, which is exactly what they did. Leslie and General Dude burst into the laboratory just as the janitor was waking up. Convenient. Hi, guys, Leslie cheerfully greeted them. I'd like you all to meet a friend of mine. He's called General Dude. I thought you said this dude guy was, and I quote, a nasty penis butt, Teddy reminded Leslie, and then Leslie quickly came up with a lie. I said nothing of the kind. I believe what I called him was a dickass. But anyway, he and I had a heart to heart, and now we see eye to eye. Judging by the height differential, I'd say it was more like an eye to cockeye, Pedostash pointed out. 
Nonetheless, we both feel that it's in everyone's best interest for you to return the vaccine to the general. The team looked at one another with confusion. Captain Dinkus had a realization. This reminds me of a book I read once, where this guy named Judas betrayed his friends for some money and then accidentally died while autoerotic asphyxiating himself off. I think it's called Moby Dick. And even though I thought the teacher that assigned it to us was hot, I hated it. And then years later, when I found that teacher on Spacebook, I saw she got fat. If anything, the team was only more confused by Dinkus's contribution. Look, guys, just hand over the vaccine so this doesn't get ugly. Suddenly, a battalion of 40 armed Martian soldiers barged into the lab with their weapons pointed at the heroes. Where the hell were those guys when we were breaking into the Martian spaceship? Freddy asked. We could have used their help. You heard your homosexual friend? Hand over the encasement! Whoa! I'm not homosexual. You're not? Then what's up with you? I was bioengineered to be gender neutral. But now's not really the time, is it? If you didn't want to get into it, you should have just gone along with it when I called you a gay. I didn't mean to offend you. I wasn't offended. It just isn't accurate. Or relevant, for that matter. Again, you are the one making a big deal out of this. What do we do, Freddy? Angus asked his boss. I agree. What do we do, Freddy? Freddy thought about their situation quickly. When faced with a forest of possibilities, we must remember to bring an axe. He then looked over to Lord Talabagina. Have you ever played the game of chess? No, but I've heard of it, and I don't like where this is going. What we need to do is come up with what we call in chess a strategy. Hmm, this is why he's the boss. Suddenly, an army of Earthlings burst through a flimsy wall on the other side of the room. Nobody move, General Humanson of Earth commanded. I object, Teddy told the human general. I'm sick of everybody telling me what to do today. I thought this was a free universe. Wrong, Humanson replied, then fired his pistol at Teddy, blasting the Chetonian off his feet. No, Tedwin. Freddy screamed, then he dropped to Teddy's side. <laughs> oh, hmm. I guess saving the universe was never in the cards for me. Tell my dad I failed him. No, I hate your dad. I don't really want to talk to him. Remember when we were kids? He was coming to pick me up and you jumped out at him screaming to terrify him? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, do you remember what he said? Like it was yesterday. Tell me again. I'd rather not. It's really racist. What are you earth pricks doing here? General Dude shouted to General Humanson. Humanson stepped proudly towards the Martians. We're taking the vaccines for ourselves, that way we can do what earth governments do best. Spend lots of money and time completing a simple task and breaking promises. More specifically, we're gonna analyze the vaccine, synthesize our own, and cancel payments to you Martian fucks. Over my dead soldiers, Martians assemble. The Martians opened fire on the Earthlings, and the Earthlings returned fire. Amid the laser fire, the heroes hunched behind the remains of their computer station, just beneath the glowing black hole. The chaos then went up a level as a horde of rioters burst in, destroying everything in sight. Alongside was ace reporter Daniel Buttonhole, dutifully wearing his helmet and talking into a camera. As you can see, Donald, their protestophiles are peaceful and completely... <coughs> 
Ow! He then let out a gay little scream as he was smacked in the face by a brick one of the rioters threw. Oh, I'm on your side! He said to the protesters, then looked back into the camera sheepishly. I mean, I'm completely objective! Hidden behind the safety of an Ikea desk below the black hole, the heroes weren't faring much better than the reporter, aside from having a soul. What the hell do we do here? Angus farted. I've asked myself the same question, proclaimed Teddy, but I've stopped listening to the answers I give myself because I've caught myself in too many lies. Listen, guys, Kelly addressed the group. I think I know what to do. Back in second year Harvard Space Traffic Control College, or HSTC for short, I had to write a dissertation on the properties of transdimensional cosmic vortexes. I only got a C minus, but that's because a lot of the source material was theoretical. And my professor was notorious for giving bad marks to anyone who cited the theories of someone with political views she didn't like. Good fuck, can you get on with the point, please? Dinkus shrieked. My point is that it's not right our higher education is run by politically driven ideologues. They expect us to trust our children with them when they're virtually brainwashing them. And also that vortexes such as this are fairly unstable, but their quantum molecular structure is remarkably similar to organic material. Holy shit! Tanny said gasping for breath. Freddy, she's Jeff Goldblum. Nice catch, Teddy. So what do we do, Mr. Goldblum? Are you talking to me? If so, that joke doesn't really work on a blind person. Yes, for the love of cock, shrieked Dinkus. Now what do we do? We have to inject the vaccine into something organic. Basically, one of us. Once that person is injected, they have to go into the vortex. And what will happen to this individual? Peter asked with slight concern. Based on the experiments I did with worms, the space-time continuum will treat it like a wound. The vortex will close like a puckered asshole. Then while extracting the vaccine, it'll tear the injected person to shreds. Everyone sat in silent shock until Talibagina meagerly spoke up. Any volunteers? The group looked at Kelly with horror while the Martians and humans killed one another behind them. Finally, Teddy limped up to his feet. Teddy, no. I have to. It's the last good thing I can do. Teddy, have you actually thought this through? Angus scolded his friend with a tear in his good eye. For the first time on my life, I can honestly say I haven't. But that's mostly because I'm a chronic liar. He then turned to Kelly. Hand me the inoculation. It's more of a vaccine, really. Kelly said, then feeling the scowls on her, carefully pulled the vaccine out of the display case, then placed it into an injection gun. Teddy looked over to his tearful companions and gave them a smile, further mixing Angus's emotions, who sunk his head into Freddy's shoulder and wept like he hadn't wept since putting his space pet down. Kelly held the injection gun in her open palms and put it in front of Teddy. He looked at the gun sorrowfully, then after swallowing hard, he dutifully grabbed it with determination. Teddy took one last look across the faces of his friends. Remember me as a well-hung hero. He took the protective cap off the gun. Safety off? He said, then took a deep breath, closed his eyes, and plunged the needle into the barely conscious janitor, injecting the entire vial into him. The fuck, man? So long, asshole! Teddy shouted, then forced the janitor over to the black hole. You're doing your universe proud. Fuck the universe, cried the janitor while struggling with Teddy. It took all of Teddy's might to shove the janitor towards the vortex. The suction pulled the janitor's legs into the black hole, but he held tight to Teddy. You can let go now. Come on, don't be a dick. If I'm going down, I'm bringing you with me. Oh, don't be that guy. Teddy grunted, trying to get free of the janitor's grip. Kick him off, Freddy shouted. 
Yeah, I'm trying to. But for all of Teddy's struggling, it did no good. The vortex pulled in the janitor, and the janitor pulled Teddy in with him. Teddy. Freddy screamed as his friend disappeared into the black hole. Then, just as Kelly predicted, the black hole closed shut like a puckered asshole. <laughs>